everyone, and welcome to the Coach McVay Show with special guest Les Need. I'm JB Long, joined by my broadcast partner DeMarco Farr, fresh from a trip to the desert and a win over the team that had the best record in the National Football League. DeMarco, early wake-up call. Did you get back okay? Oh, yeah, we're good. I, I love Victory Tuesdays as much as Victory Mondays. How about that? That was fun. <laughs> It's one of those uh, weeks, Lester, where you could fly home on adrenaline. So much went into that performance. What were your high-level takeaways over the win in Arizona? Beginning with a flight home, usually I, I get a good nap, but didn't take one last night, so the adrenaline was still uh, kicking. It was a heavyweight fight, like you said, number one seed, team with the best record in, in, in football, So, uh, and a division game. So that that's, that's number one, I, I think, right, we – I give all the I give all the 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 kids the the team the players coaches the credit for for going through the adversity of the week. Uh, we're not the only team that's dealt with that, but uh, you know, for this year it was a it was an interesting day, and and we were getting news during the day. So give everyone credit for stepping up. It's interesting. The thing that I took away is is from the opening series. Uh, Right, we, we took some hits on you know in the defensive backfield in terms of COVID, but boy, did Aaron Donald did that front four, five, seven, six, whatever, whoever was in there, it just looked like from the start, you know what, we're not going to let this uh, uh, adversity uh, stop us from winning this game. Yeah, I was going to ask you, how would you characterize that um, in your mental Rolodex of games you've seen or played in? Gut check. I know we, we've used next man up a thousand times, but I mean, that seemed more than just one victory last night in Arizona. Well, it, it was interesting. Sean and I was talking before the game, and and I do think DeMarco coming off, if we just talk about our evolution over the last month, where we where we spent that month of November with a bye week and, and, and three losses, the Thursday practice before – uh, Jacksonville, the Thursday practice before Arizona, were probably two of the more intense, uh, focused practices that I've been around in the NFL. So it, it was interesting just talking in, in the locker room before the game. Uh, Sean and I were chatting. I was like, I, I feel like we're going to come out and compete. We've been right. We've been dinged a little bit. We uh, there. It had, yeah, there was a lot of let's call it next men. Right, we had to go yeah. to the bullpen. We had to bring in the pinch hitters. But what's interesting is, is, is those young men they come to work like everyone else, uh, and, and and they get opportunities. And here's a here's the here's the story that epitomizes the night. Uh, and and he didn't play it down, but he got a jersey, and uh, it was uh, Jeremiah Colony, who was our mm-hmm. backup center last night, and he's been off and on our let's call it, in, in our camp, on our practice squads the last few years. This summer we needed a, a center, and and he's a local. He's he's right down the road, uh, uh, probably close to San Diego, right? So he's an easy call. You can call him. You can call Jeremiah, and he, he's going to be there in an hour. Well, he was, he was just starting police academy. And you know what? He said, hey, I'm, I'm three days in chance i'm not going to pass up i'll be there you know within probably three hours next day he's on the practice field but then just fast forward i think it was when coleman shelton had covid early uh in the season and it was probably that week where we probably had that bye week after final cuts uh 
And I remember Coleman was out. Uh, I think something happened to Brian Allen at, at practice, and he had to step in with the starters. And they were probably running a kind of a Mamba two-minute type drill. And, and in that moment, right, uh, Jeremiah got that opportunity, and he was identifying, calling signals, making checks. And guess what? On that day, the you know, he got the op, and and last night of all the chaos was there. There was never really a flinch that, oh, Mr. Colonies, our backup center. So, again, didn't wow. play it down uh, on offense, but that just kind of epitomizes the night. And and really, it it it. It really epitomizes what next man up means. It means, hey, the next man or men, they're preparing like everyone else, and when they do get the opportunity, uh, make the most of it and, and be ready. Les, talking about training camp and that gap before the regular season, you're reminding me how hard it is to get live evaluations of depth in the NFL, right? There is no AAA. There's no G League in football. And so you saw several members of your two deep, your 53-man roster, even your practice squad, in what amounts to a playoff environment last night. What did you learn about kind of the deep recesses of your roster? Well, yes, that's an excellent point. And I know I've chatted with – with. Uh, uh, major League Baseball GMs at times and go, boy, do you, you wish you had a minor league at times, right? Where, where, right? These guys would be down playing, and and when you bring them up, you you have a good bit of data insight on, on how they made how it may transition. But that's what's very interesting is is uh, in these moments, I do think uh, it pays dividends uh, down the line because. What happens is if we go through adversity, attrition, uh, like we all are, as the season gets deeper into December, the games get more meaningful. Or, or I'm not saying they they count the most because whether you won or lost a game in September, it still counts. But they weigh a lot this time of year. So what that allows is is players to get experience, but also gain the trust of their teammates right their partner that's going to be playing right beside them the coaching staff so when when we do have some adversity uh right these players have gained experience gained and trust uh did what they had to do and, and that's that's the interesting thing about the national football league right you you can only gain that in games right uh, mm-hmm. when it counts and it's interesting you can do that to an extent in the preseason Boy, does it seem like the preseason was a long time ago. So if you if you take one of the players who might have had a really good preseason for us uh, way back in August and then go, oh, he's got to play on Monday night football against the Arizona Cardinals, you know, that preseason game just seems like a long time ago. You know, you mentioned Aaron Donald, and I'll go through the Kyler Murray, watching Kyler Murray all year. Uh, I'll go back to Chicago. Uh, Chicago only got him on the ground once. That's the most under pressure I've seen Kyler Murray this year, possibly in the NFL. What is it with Aaron Donald and certain quarterbacks? I know he's dominant, but he seems to take it to new levels when the team needs it the most. And boy, was he unblockable last night. Uh, it was a, it was that was a special witnessing that and and JB you're probably somewhere up in the stadiums like myself witness it from a bird's eye view DeMarco you might have been on the field but there I mean Aaron comes to play every week but I, I, it's just hey that environment Monday night football who we're playing uh, right the 
the, the consequences of, of the result of the game, all those things and the adversity were placed in the back. And he, from the, from the first snap, you just felt Aaron Donald. I don't know how many plays it was in there. I know the, the, the video has kind of gone viral where he took Max Garcia back <laughs> to Kyler and Kyler trips. I mean, that might've been in the first series. It, I know it was early in the game, but it was the to, first see play. That, <laughs> to see that happen and feel it and go, when I when I first looked, I was I was like, I don't think he hit a gap then. I think he went through someone. Like, and then when the, when you I, you know you, the TV's always delayed a little bit, so you look up and go, holy cow, he just took the guard, like in in one fell swoop, just like he shot a gap. So it, that's just that's rare. That's different. That's hard to do. Nothing against Arizona's guard. I mean, Max is a man too, but that's just you ran into, you ran into, uh, let's call it a team, someone, group of men that were on a mission last night. Less, uh, there's a good news, bad news situation. I think when it comes to Joe Noteboom, the good news is he's exactly the swing tackle and the starting caliber player we all knew he could be and would be when you drafted him, and he's grown into that. The bad news I sense is that 31 other teams are now well aware of that with the game film he's put out there. I always like good news. Good news is <laughs> that, that, that's that's exactly uh, – it's better than the, the opposite of whatever you just said. Right? True. And, that's, uh, that, and, you know, it's interesting. Internally, we've, we've felt uh, very confident in what Joe does. And just to give uh, everyone a little bit of insight, I, Joe's one of those players that we're – a lot of teams tried to trade for him, right? They, they looked at our lineup and go, okay, the, Joe's maybe the third tackle. And, and we always said, no, nah, that wouldn't be a, a worthwhile trade based on right the, the, the upcoming season and the attrition that goes into – and when you lose an offensive lineman and you can replace him with a Joe Noteboom, I mean, basically a starting caliber player and, and – that's uh, at either tackle or guard, uh, very valuable. So jacked for Joe. And, uh, and you know, hopefully the good news is that uh, we drafted him to be a part of the Rams for a while. We felt like, you know, he had the chance to develop into a very productive offensive tackle in this league. And, and we'd like to, you know, keep that marriage going. Uh, it's impressive, man. I think, what, that's his third or fourth position? He's played everything but center. And within a week, he's at right tackle, and it looks like he's been there all season long. But I thought the entire offensive line and Sony Michelle, uh, when you talk about December football, you know what it's about. It's about physicality. I love the way he runs the football. North and south, straight downhill, let's challenge some safeties and let's win. That type of stuff will win for you in the, in the month of December. Well, they, I think they, there was a probably a couple of weeks ago, uh, probably – the week that he was going to start against Jacksonville, I, I saw Sony in the hallway and said, you know what, this is, this is why we made the trade. Mm. You know, it's for these moments and, and in new England and, and we're experienced can hear you're right. If there's, if there's a December running back, there's a picture of Sony Michelle as, as the example, right? He just, he, he's gets it North and South that third and one where, you know, we I know we, we probably had some blocking issues on that third and one. And uh Sony didn't let that bother him. He uh might have been the the hardest and you know, 
more valuable yard he's gained in a long time. And, and, and he did that. That just is that epitomizes him. When we got the, the ball late and we're able to run a, you know, a, a, you know, two to three minutes off the clock there where he basically everybody in the stadium knows we're going to give it to Sony Michelle and we gave it to Sony Michelle and we were able to get a, a first round. I mean, the first uh, down out of that series. So uh, those type moments are, are good. And, and what's interesting in that, right. The, when you start seeing the personnel packages and and last week it was note boom you know heavy tight end uh you know this week big bobby evans but then when you insert you know i, I just think of uh then and i'll butcher his name skoronovic how do you say that jb i call him skoronovic we'll call him ben sco how do we say it skoronic skoronic that's great but to see skoronic insert in there and and really punching uh, uh, Buda Baker a few times where, you know, having the advantage of being able to look at the TV copy and see those guys on the, you know, their, their facial expressions after after that block. It's like, wait a minute. He, he wasn't expecting that, that, that punch tonight from, uh, you know, a, a rookie from Notre Dame, grad transfer from Northwestern to come. <laughs> lead block, you know, it's Robert Woods esque. So those moments are pretty cool to see. Les, let me ask about a couple of names I know you know how to pronounce because we all do. Odell Beckham Jr. and Vaughn Miller, a couple of new faces since the last time we spoke to you on one of these kind of trimester check-ins. How do you feel about the return on investment for those two superstars? Well, I think starting with Vaughn, I think you felt it last night when you play someone like Kyler Murray. You got to have athleticism on the field. You got to have speed on the field, and and again with it, we at nauseum talked about it uh, losing Jalen and, and some of our DBs. Right, it was going to be a front four, front five, front six, seven game per se to really disrupt. So, uh, and, I, and I think that's the the part about it is is that group working together, and we're forgetting to talk about maybe Greg Gaines, right, unsung, right. Greg Gaines in there. So that's when I say front four, that it's, it's adding those elements together and how, how uh, the Cardinals or any team we play uh, adjust to that and decide how they're going to try to, to block that. But over the course of a, a 60 play game, guys like Leonard Floyd, guys like uh, Von Miller, Aaron Donald, Greg Gaines, the rest of the group blitzing with Ernest Jones, uh, uh, bringing back in, uh, you know, Mr. Hollins from Oregon, you know, having that whole group oboe coming at you over a 60 play game. That's, that's what we're trying to do. And it, it's been neat to see Odell, uh, really adjust, uh, to what we're doing, evolve in, in our offense and, and interesting, right? Take, you know, there, uh, our group still coaching Odell as the game goes along, as, as Sean and, and everyone involves and adjusts of what, what we might need to do and being able to coach and him being able to understand concepts and right, what the importance of, you know, depth and, and patience and routes, all, all those things. Uh, I, I give Odell credit. It's been cool, cool to see uh, it come to fruition for him because that's very, I can say this, it's very hard for a receiver to come to a team in the middle of the year and learn an offense and this one in particular, because uh, it's a, it's a pretty sophisticated system we have going here based on the continuity that we've had. 
You know, I, I think, like you said, I, I, I think everybody misses Robert Woods, but I, I love the dynamic between Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham Jr. Cooper Cup, I don't think he can play any better than what he's playing. I really don't. I, I, he's playing great football. I think you said it last night, JB, all pro, possibly in line for more honors at the end of the year, and he's he deserves every single honor he gets. But I think there's more there with Odell Beckham Jr., with Matthew Stafford throwing the football to him as he gets more integrated into this offense and his ability, I think there's actually more there. And he makes the game fun when he gets into the box. You know, the fun is watching him score, but more fun is watching what he does after he scores. So he brings the entertainment value, plus he's a dynamic football player. Yeah, that's he, he does, again, like you said, he has some, he has some traits that uh, if we can get him the ball, uh, right, we, we saw him on display last night. Right, he can he can take the crosser and, and turn it into forty yards, and he can uh, you know get isolated you know on on a defensive back and and, and that defensive back uh, down in the red zone. Right, you got to are we gonna are we gonna are we gonna bet on the fade, which we've seen him catch the fade, and he's a tough out there, or are you gonna bet on the uh, the the slant? And, and last night it was a slant, so it just puts a it definitely conflicts a DB that's going to have to, to make a bet, a little bit like a, I call it a goalie and, and penalty kicks, right? Mm-hmm. You, you somewhat, you somewhat got to make a bet pre-snap per se to have a chance to, uh, to win that down. So that's been neat. And boy, if we, we could spend all day talking about Cooper cup, what a year, what, what a year, uh, he's had, a, it's, it's remarkable what he's done. And it's just, it's really, really fun to watch. It's interesting. I've always thought he, he's basically a, he's basically, I call I've said this many times. He's got a Peyton Manning ish type football mind. He just happens to be playing wide receiver. And, and now you're kind of seeing that all come to fruition. Les, I can never have a conversation with you without getting a little bit uh, philosophical, maybe even touching on some literature. And uh, I happened to catch the Daily Stoic podcast with Ryan Holiday when you were his guest uh, back from over the summer. I think it was a training camp conversation. I, I've enjoyed Ryan's books, uh, Obstacle is the Way, Conspiracy, a couple others maybe. But one thing that came to mind this week was panic rules. And this was a subject you touched on with him. I'd love it if you could kind of uh, spell that out for our audience as well. And how did your panic rules help you during a three-game losing streak in November? How are they helping you now with the sudden COVID outbreak? It, it's interesting. I, I think the, I'll, I'll share this story that that really sums up probably panic rules in, in, in a sense. And, and maybe it's not a, a checklist, but yesterday when when Reggie and myself popped in, we popped in a, a quarterback room with with Matt Stafford and. Sean was in and Kevin O'Connell. That's when we dropped the news that uh, Jalen and uh, Tyler Higby would be missing the game as well, uh, uh, amongst the others that were already. And and Matt Stafford, it it was awesome to see. I mean, that's that's one of. I mean, he's an unbelievable guy. But there was no let's call it. There was definitely no panic. Unbelievable poise confidence but the interesting thing was the why right he was he was saying look here's the deal played many games with players injured hey when we get in the huddle and and we're bringing in in younger guys or less experienced guys we can we can remind them okay you hey you're just running a crosser against a zone defense been doing it your whole life right but those 
and, and it'll work out. These players can do that. We've got a good plan, right? We'll we'll get it working. We'll get that done in the huddle. We'll settle it down. And it was it was really neat to see, right? Where uh, in a time where you could truly panic, because I do know going into this week, based on a lot of our personnel packages, right? Tyler Higby was a big part uh, mm. of the plan. So losing Tyler Higby uh, definitely threw a wrench in, into what you had practiced to that moment. So I think that's that's probably the essence of panic rules is is when when you're going through uh, adversity that, that everyone goes through, uh, what is going to be kind of, I call it your go-to pitch, right? If you're a pitcher on the mound, what's your go-to pitch? What's your go-to rule uh, to get, I, I call it maybe shorten the game, shorten the situation, calm things down and, and focus on one or two things to get you through, uh, through the storm. So uh, that's, that's the philosophy that's behind that in a sense, because when, when, when there's chaos, right, you, you should be able to go to one to two things uh, that, uh, that get you through. So I'm sure if you're, if you're a sailor at sea and there's rough seas, right, there's, there's one to two things where you get back to the fundamentals, uh, right? It, it could be us a little bit going through this transition. Okay. Let's, let's get back to the fundamentals of blocking, uh, running, catching, throwing, right. And it, it keeps things simple and, 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 and gets you through a little bit of a storm and panic. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, that leads me to the, the next point. I was talking with a few guys before the game, I think uh, just a few of the, of the sports writers talking about your head coach, Sean McVay, and leading this team through a three-game losing streak and then getting the win versus Jacksonville, feeling good about yourself, and then facing a seemingly impossible situation in Arizona. And if you can come out of this with a win, it's got to raise your respect level for him as a coach. I mean, that's a hard thing to do to one, you lose three games in a row and then you lose some of your best players the day before the game. If you can get through this and you won going away, it's got to raise every just your respect level throughout the league for his coaching ability. Just talk to me about Sean McVay and his leadership through this season, what you've gone through. And then last night in Arizona. Well, I think that it, it, it's been uh, remarkable. It's, uh, it's it's why he's been successful and 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 it's not necessarily we we say it a lot it's not when things are going well sometimes uh right that's that's the easy times but it's 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 when you when you do hit your your first bump in the road that element of of adversity and and we talk all the time and he does a really nice job about is is how do we not become a fragile team uh, I think Cooper Cup mentioned to me last night. He says that was, you know, that was a anti-fragile win, and <laughs> and by by that I mean, and, and let's look at the adjustments. We, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Van Jefferson, Cooper Cup, and Robert Woods have played a lot of downs for us over this, if you want to call it five years with Sean, and so uh, to lose Robert Woods, that definitely th- throws a wrench into what we'd evolved to and, and being successful and, and things like that. Now, what happens is, is if when you do have that, right, how, how 
there's an opportunity there to become stronger. And in that, okay, now we, right, will play, uh, heck, let's call it innovate and, and, and get back to more 12 personnel, two tight ends. And, oh, by the way, what about 13 personnel? When is Sean McVay ran 13 personnel? Holy cow, when is Sean ran 13 personnel with a big tackle as, you know, one of those tight ends? But uh, that agility that he talks about uh, where all of a sudden you get weaker in the short term, in the moment when we lose a Robert Woods offensively. But how do we t- – how do we uh, right take the uh, the adversity, and there's an opportunity there to maybe come out on the other end stronger. No guarantee, no certainty that that it can happen, but all right, how do we look within and try to figure it out? And I, I think that's what what Sean's done uh, right with this team from the beginning, and 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 especially this stretch over the last last month where you you lose three, you have a bye week in there that. that Basically, you need panic rules, JB, because that that number one, my panic rule for the for that stretch was because you had two weeks before you even played Green Bay, mm-hmm. so you lost two, and then there's two weeks. Is all right. Every day, the panic rule was this: don't ruminate on on the last loss. Right mm-hmm. there, there's a way to be productive. Right, because loss losses affect the emotion. I mean, there's there's it's interesting the emotions of, of losses, right? They're they're stronger, they're more intense. So my panic rule that week was, hey, don't 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 affect the don't ruminate. So uh, so I, I give Sean credit for, during the stretch. To, all right, how do we how do we take this moment to maybe be stronger in December, January than we were right when we went through the. When we lost Let me dovetail off that with a comment and then I'll finish with a, a final question here. Less overlooked maybe with everything that went on Monday night is the Rams have secured a winning season for the fifth straight year. That hasn't happened for this franchise since eight in a row in a stretch that finished in 1980. And we all know what you built from. You are kind of the structural engineer behind this project. So I commend you as well, Sean, uh, for the work that you've done. I know there are larger goals at play this season so I guess my question is, you know, the, the trade deadline has passed. Uh, what's left of the salary cap has been spent. There's still four games in the regular season and hopefully a month or more beyond that to go. What's it like from your vantage point to watch this play out now, what you've set in motion, and do you feel like you have a team that can go win it all? Well, uh, you know, that the, the answer is yes. And it, we, just, we just discussed it a, a little bit. I, I still think we're we're still evolving. We we're still going to have to get through some adversity this week uh, with the with the COVID issue that is that is alive and well uh, in our building and in other buildings in the NFL and and and, and maybe all teams are going to go through it if if the if the new variant is is a variant that's going to spread really fast and and and. You know, it, a lot of vaccinated people are, are testing positive. There, that's going to be an adversity, something we really haven't had to deal with as well. But uh, so, to, to answer your question, though, it's uh, this is kind of what we built for. This is this is the 2021 journey. It's a little different now than when we started, based on some things I just said. But 
really, really looking forward uh, to continuing to evolve, right? Because we, we beat we beat the Cardinals on Monday night, but that that was yesterday. And as as y'all said, we have four games left, and Seattle's Seattle's a little bit down this year record wise, but they're coming in here on a two game winning streak. You commend Seattle, right? You they could have easily let's call it meld it in, but that's just mm-hmm. not who they are. And and they're probably as hot now as they've been this entire year. And, and then you got to go to a Minnesota who's right there in the in the playoff hunt. And then there's Baltimore who's in the playoff hunt in the AFC. And then and then sa- finish it with San Fran. So yesterday's yesterday. It's it's a cool Tuesday, Demarco. I think we all should enjoy these type Tuesdays based on the magnitude of last night's game. But now we got to continue to evolve and continue getting stronger so that uh, it, those four weeks after December, uh, right, you're, you're continuing to mm-hmm. to evolve and get stronger. He, he said it, JB. I'm right there, man. Um, like I said, I think I got a few more hours in the 24-hour rule, so I'm still going to bask in Monday night for a little bit longer, and then I'll turn the page. But like you said, Les, um, Seattle's coming, and for the Rams, let's go get 10. Nine was great. Ten is better. Let's go get number ten. Ten ten's better. And from this point forward, right, the the pass is the path. That math obviously is, uh, you know, it, it 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 counts in the tally. But at the end of the day, right, uh, the real math that counts is is the seventeen game tally. And at that point in time, that math will determine our reward, right? Whether it's a a chance to play another game and when and where, you know, or, or it's a chance to, you know, for some unfortunate teams to ruminate on, on a missed opt in 21. But uh, so that's why, that's why I, I think that's, that's why you got to take it one at a time uh, because last night's last night. It's fun to enjoy, but now we really, again, it's going to, it's a little bit harder. It's a little bit more challenging, right? Where, We've had two really focused and intense Thursdays that I do think translated into 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 what we saw the week before and last night. I mean, they, Sean Sean implemented you know his Mamba periods. He called them you know for you know a short period of practice on Thursdays where it's one on ones, uh, you know, not necessarily tackling right, but some competitive. Uh, two-minute situation, maybe third down type competitive drills. Uh, so the it's been neat to see those. But to get that turned around again this week will be a little bit more difficult based on playing on a Monday night, mm-hmm. based on uh, some of our, uh, let's call it, COVID adversity. So And mm-hmm. get ready for the Seahawks. All right. Well, in the uh, words of my basketball colleague, Bill Walton, uh, stay positive, test negative. Uh, wishing the Amen. best for everyone up there at the facility, all the Rams uh, there in Calutherin and in our audience. The best of health this week. Looking forward to seeing as many of you as possible at SoFi this Sunday for the Seattle Seahawks. For DeMarco Farr, for the GM of your Los Angeles Rams, Les Need, I'm J.B. Long. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Coach McVay Show. Mm-hmm.